You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 371. I'm Jim, and I'm going to be joined, as usual, by Jason in just a moment. But first, let me tell you to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. Go to our Instagram, which is at Weird Science Comic. All these will be in the show notes. Also, head on over to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a ton of shows, a ton of Marvel stuff. And one of the big things that we do each and every week, also on a Thursday, comes out Thursday night, just like this main podcast, we end up having two books that are exclusively reviewed on the Patreon, picked by the badass level of the Get Fresh crew. Uh-uh. And this week they picked two pretty big ones, Black Panther number three and Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond number one. One of those two books you'll hear has both my gem of the week and also my book of the week. So you'll have to, you know, wait and see what that's all about. But we have some big books. We continue doing the lightning rounds, the versus lightning rounds, and really have some fun with it. So I hope everybody enjoys this. I'm going to go off for me and Jason to talk. A, a little a bit of Amazing Spider-Man Alright, now I am here with my man Jason What up, Jason? Hello, Jim, how are you Hello. today? Hello, oh, just incredible I am Wow, <laughs> glad to hear it I, I'm a liar, I'm doing the oh. same uh, The thing is, it'll never change I always feel like crap and I'm always miserable So there you go But who wants to hear that? Nobody So we're here and maybe these books will give me a little Pick me up. I don't know this first section of books because this first two are going to be doing Amazing Spider-Man and Avengers Forever. Not really my favorites of the the day or night, and it's okay, kind of okay. the deal where we'll we'll build we'll build towards the best ones. Ramp up. When I do end up, you know, picking the order, I would love to say that I have some sort of diabolical plan here. Master plan, uh, right? Yeah, because on the DC podcast, Eric insists that I have a plan. You don't insist that. So we just end up throwing them out there. There's no real key to this going on. But we are going to start with The Amazing Spider-Man, number 87. Uh, If I was going to go cocky deal, I'd obviously say Sidney Crosby there so everybody can get mad at me. And it isn't written by Zeb Wells. No, it's been a bit of a scandal. Well, it's one of those things where so the somewhere in Marvel editorial screwed up because on the cover it says McKay. But on the title page where the recap is, it says it's been written by Zeb Wells. Now, I've been getting my Jeds and my Zebs mixed up for months now, and I'm going to keep doing that. So I have some sympathy for whatever low-paid Marvel editor decided to copy-paste something from last month or last week. Might be you, maybe. (laughs) And I'm telling you, it is like if you end up having – Two brothers, maybe an overall, so I would see them Zeb and Jed. You would have that, that sure. deal having some problems. There. Probably haw out in the cornfield. Big dudes, though, probably punch us for even saying this, right? But yeah. Don't mess with Jed and Zeb. You had always gotten Jeb and Zeb mixed team. up, including with it so bad that the, that would be doing a tag team. Oh, my God. Who was is, who is the big guy with the, the overalls, with one overall hooked up? Who was he that back in the 80s? That would have been uh, the Hacksaw Jim Dugan. No, that's not who I'm thinking of. 
That's who I'm thinking of. He won. He was voted manager of the year one year. He was the another one of the hillbilly. Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim. Oh, hillbilly Jim. Yeah, I like hacksaw uh, Jim Dugan. Where you know he has the the uh, board and yells ho. Sure. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I love him. So not my favorites. I'm. I was more of an Ultimate Warrior type of guy. Okay. Okay. Uh, So and it it was you know I like the the crazy deal and parts from unknown. Mm -hmm. It was mysterious. But yeah, with all this going on. You, even before we started talking, we were talking, hey, what's Zeb doing? But you meant Jeb. It's all nonsense. It's all I, wacky. I, it will be. Let's let's pretend it's a running gag I'm doing on purpose. Let's just say that. You're going to screw me up, so we'll do that. Because I'll drag you down now. with Amazing me. Spider-Man, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man number 87, written by Jed McKay. Art by Carlos Gomez. Colors by Brian Valenza. And letters by BC Joe Carmagna. Uh, you have Ben's beginning to discover that Beyond isn't what it seems. He unearthed some startling information, but when he tried to share it with his company-appointed therapist, Ashley Kafka, Beyond surgically erased his memories of what he'd found and accidentally erased some of his implanted memories from Peter Parker in the process. Meanwhile, Peter is on the mend, but not fast enough for his liking. After failing to stop a couple of amateur crooks, it's clear he'll need to be whipped into shape before reclaiming the mantle of Spider-Man. And that's kind of the big gist of the deal and people seem to like this a lot more than me and you spoiler alert but to me i think that they just are like oh great peter's doing something let's go it it really wasn't much of anything though for me i I like the idea of peter coming back but i didn't think they really told the story of how that would work very well it does it's one of those things that cuts back and forth between the peter story and the Ben story. I'm more interested in this point in the Ben stuff than just the rehabbing Peter, I mean, right? It, it sets up that Felicia, Black Cat, and Cap are going to be the ones that kind of teach Peter how to be a superhero again. But I don't think that really works. Felicia teaches Peter how to be a web slinger again and how to swing through the city, which I don't, I don't really see that. And Cap teaches him how to fight. Which, okay, but their fighting style is not at all the same, so I don't know how that works. It, it almost feels like what they're doing is y- you have this, like, obviously Felicia's not going to be able to really teach. It's that you're worse than me still, and you have to get better. But my problem being is that you're going through this, and I'm waiting for that twist to come. I'm waiting for the idea where they keep telling Peter, you're not ready, you're not ready, you can't do this. I said, even when we are on, on the Patreon talk, a bit of the... Black Cat Mary Jane book that I'm really shocked mm-hmm. again in this that they don't say like, hey, listen, and and bring up the example. Daredevil came back before he was ready, almost the same exact type of situation, and ended up accidentally killing men, which caused him to go to jail, which caused dark rain, all that stuff. And I, I thought maybe you throw it in, especially with Cap here. But the idea, I'm waiting for this twist where you're not ready, Peter, you're not ready. And it's almost like the idea of like Jerry Rice, you know, we'll, we'll just throw this in where he said, okay. I'm okay. not a combine type of guy i end up not being fast as everybody this but when the game comes down then you need me and he's one of the greats if not the you know greatest so you end up where i thought the twist was going to be peter's doing this yeah he's fun felicia all that all of a sudden something does go wrong Uh, something something happens real and then peter with the adrenaline with the idea of something on the line boom he shows him that he is almost ready you're not going to let him be ready yet because we still have a lot of issues but I think March, that it right. would have been the idea of a guy who, in practice, you know, he's trying, but it, it's just not the same. And when you get in that situation, boom, and maybe they end up like, at the end, you know what, Cap, he might be ready. Something like that. He's, he's still got that spark. Yeah, and you didn't that, get that. that. You something. just kept going through. And, and when we would go back to it, it just was the same thing, same thing, same thing. And then, again, something that 
I don't mind having fun. It is a shame almost that we had the Black Cat Mary Jane on the Patreon, only because you would see that even with a Beyond story or whatnot, mm-hmm. maybe not as tied in as well, but we like to have fun. But when we're doing stuff that's big, I don't need, here we go, Jason, the unknown comic. If anybody knows that that is with Peter with the bag over his head with the yeah. I'm not Daredevil T-shirt. So that's the idea. I mean, we, I get the idea that they don't want to, for story reasons, for symbolic reasons, they don't want to give him the, the Spidey suit back yet. Because the whole point is he's not ready. So what they do is they give him a paper bag with two holes cut in it. And they say, wear this over your head. And also a cutoff T-shirt, which is kind of weird. Yeah. And swing through the city with a paper bag over your head. Now, practically, that's going to blow off and... One and a half. Oh, yeah, weeks. practically, it but doesn't also, make sense. It just looks, it just looks dumb. It, it looks like the unknown comic from the gang sh- gong show back in the seventies. That nobody, you know, Chuck Barris fans out there, are they still alive? I don't know what our demographics are, the listenership, <laughs> I, but uh, I don't think it's that. But ask your grandparents, kids. Here's the deal: do that or go on YouTube <laughs> and do that. But so with that, you end up where ski mask, uh, you know, something domino I, mask, anything. Yeah. And the play here would be you don't want people seeing them swinging around on webs. Uh, oh, my God, because people are going to – I don't even know if they're going to make that connection. The other play is very subtle – not subtle, but funny – is the idea that you, you're not – you don't have the trademark either. We don't want to end up having, say, mm-hmm. Beyond come after us. And we, you know, this – we don't need a fight right now. We're trying to train you. Ski mask. That that's all you need. You can play up. You can have jokes with it. You can have some sure. fun things where somehow Peter doesn't realize that he's still wearing it. He goes like to walk into a bank and everybody ah! <laughs> like so something. Or if you, I mean, just a funny thing if you wanted to do where they just each scene they give him like a different mask. Like somehow he has like a. I, I mean, even if you're gonna play jokey jokey, he could have like in the Spider Man movie, mm-hmm. he's got like the plastic cap, you know, thing. It'd be stupid, but still. The unknown comic paper bag, that, that's really weird. It, it's a really odd play because, again, unless they're really going heavy on the unknown comic, which I can't think anybody is, there's no reason for it. It's not <laughs> practical. So it, it just doesn't work for me. But, you know, the, the thing, like, they're doing these things and going through and, and Felicia, like, I like some of the lines. Hey, you're as clumsy as Eddie Brock, who just ends up swinging around and doesn't mm-hmm. want to fall. That's, That's right. nice enough. But they're also putting people in danger as well as Peter's falling from the sky and landing in some outdoor cafe and things, too. Again, though, it's ruining it's, some French fries. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that I'd be so upset that that's my meal there. Peter, be better. They better be giving me money for that meal. But with that, too, like. I'm not getting the importance as much because of the jokiness of it. And I think that it's supposed to be playing off the the light deal of, oh, my God, when Peter gets back, back to jokey fun and all that stuff, where we then have where the beyond stuff with Maxine Danger, it's getting darker and darker. And so I actually like that stuff better. And you're you're more concerned here with Peter because, yeah, you see that Ashley Kafka, she is in you know prison right now of the beyond prison. Right, She's too. in this deal. And yeah, that's big. They are mad at her because they brought her into this, and I guess they they kept well, keeping an eye on her. They didn't totally trust her, but she's turned against them. They found out listening in on her conversations with Ben, and so now they want her to say that she's back on board. And I don't know that they would believe her, but they want her to say that. So, and I guess because she's a clone, she's not real. She's not legit. She doesn't have documentation. I don't know. It's it's kind of like she can't just call the cops and say, hey, I'm alive in here because 
as far as they know, she's dead, but she was working in Arkham already, so I don't know. Hashtag clone rights is what I'm saying. And <laughs> it, that, that kind of goes with it. She's like, you're a clone. When this comes down, what rights do you really have and all that? I'm really pushing the idea. It is kind of a clever play that you know, in some stories, and I've read stories before, is where you have this evil you know, deal where you're not sure they're evil, but they you fake your own death and come, and then you're like, I went out. And they're like, no, no, you can't go. You're supposed to be dead, and nobody's coming for you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that play. But then she also the and by the way, remember Rhizome? I have him here, and you better listen to me, or there's trouble. She shows her this red cylinder full of goop, which is we saw back in the Rhizome mission, which was back in what was it like eighty one, maybe? It was a long time ago. I had a. I, I recognized that I'd seen that somewhere. I had to go scrolling through the issue to find it. It was back the uh, Saladin Ahmed for the. I guess the first Saladin Ahmed issue. And the funny thing when we we got it, me and you were debating what it was. Like, is that yeah? We're still really said we yeah. We, so it does seem like you know this is a threat though. Kafka seems to think it's a threat. Like you know, oh. and so you have that where you will get you know Kafka eventually getting back in the swing of things, but with the idea that you can't really mess up again and we're listening and doing that. So I wonder how this interplay between her and Ben will be because of that. I don't think like Ben seemed to, I think now then again, he wouldn't even remember it because they wiped it. So it'd be Kafka. I was going to say that Ben might be mad or basically betrayed, but he's mind wiped. So you don't really, you know, have that. So we even go forward with that. Our cliffhanger from Ben was we thought he might just be completely, you know, out of it, might be a vegetable, because as far as we saw, tons of his memories were just gone. But in this issue, we see he's basically okay. Yeah, that's a weird play. I'm glad you brought that up, because it seemed like that was just pushed aside. And the only thing they do to test his memory is they show him villain flashcards, or they show him like a picture of a bad guy, and he has to name the bad guy. And that's all he does this whole issue and we see when they show him Doc Ock, he kind of gives a reaction, but we don't really know what the reaction means. And that's all we see of, of Ben, is that he seems to be fine, except he doesn't remember the stuff they don't want him to remember. Yeah, and also there is a little play. And I actually thought that they were going to have, like, the last thing was going to be Aunt May. You know, hey, oh, I don't know, or Uncle mm-hmm. Ben or something. But you do have a play where they say, you know, with great, power comes and he's like right. i don't know what you're talking about so they obviously some things were wiped that shouldn't be wiped so does that end up being the idea because we always play with that obviously the you know great power comes great responsibility is this i've, now, I've heard that before yeah. I, I have a, occasionally I, that and i i think that there's a hero that's parents were gunned down in an alley and pearls went everywhere i think we might have seen these before but i think that what they're going to play with possibly is that idea of a ben riley spider-man not having that, you know, center doesn't remember Uncle Ben and stuff like the that. change in memories changes his personality. Maybe? Yeah, I think that that's what it is. Now he, it's weird because it, it, he seems kind of docile and kind of. I guess he's still coming out of it here. But the idea of like with hey, it's like you said, great power. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying. I think that that's the you know, oh, we're gonna get the Peter without the you know, the, the wisdom and the, and the, you know, the influence of a Ben and maybe. Maybe, but they're not, sh- they're not showing him as being violent or thoughtless or anything else. So you just get that little bit. It, it, it's again, it's like an extended scene that it gives us something. But when you remind me, I'm glad it, it, it's not enough from what we saw before, but we'll see the gradual deal with this. Now I will say, I like the art. For the most part, I dr- why did they introduce Bruno into this, who looks exactly like Cap without his uniform on? 
<laughs> it it threw me off because when you end up having Felicia there, you end up Cap with her. But when Cap is then fighting Peter later to train him there, I actually for a second like, is this Cap or is this Bruce? It's Cap. <laughs> but he looks when he takes off his, his stuff, it looks exactly like you know Bruno. But it's nice enough yeah, because that I thought in a couple panels Peter looked to be about sixteen years old too. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I, I like though. I like again. You're going to play up this stuff where. They're training, but the training, it, it's kind of silly at points where you do have Dr. Corpse, Bruno, and and Black Cat come out. They got duffel bags. They get into their Mini Cooper. And, hey, what's the training here? Well, we just robbed this place. and You have to catch us. Goodbye. See, that's the kind of fun I didn't mind. And that was it's fun. just fun. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's because it's Black uh, Cat, again, right? Again, if you think about it too hard, would Cap really go <laughs> along with working with someone who was robbing a jewelry store? But, uh, again, fun enough. We're, we're okay with just... It's all. It's so quick. We don't see the setup. We don't see the end of it. We see the funny part in the middle. Which funny. Is fine. That's fine. But as that's going on, you have Peter with brown paper bag over his head and the "I'm not Daredevil" shirt. So you do get a little Daredevil reference. Like yeah, a little. There. Like you said, it, it, there. It, not enough. But it, it, even in that, it's that shirt. So with that though, my my play is if you're trying to be inconspicuous, first off, you're hanging around Black Cat. And cap. So anybody walking by, and also you're a guy just standing there with a paper bag on your head, right? And shooting webs out of your arms. Yeah, so shooting webs. So be. yeah, please put a ski mask on. Uh, so all this going down, fun enough. You have this training, but it's just it keeps on repeating. But you also see when you end up having these villains. Okay, who's that? Rhino, Shocker, Craven, Lizard. And Carrion comes up, and there's that big empty space. Yeah, I was looking at that page a lot. And it's if you if you look at the progression of panels, it's pushing in slowly on Ben's face, closer, closer, closer. So I think maybe that background might just be the pupil of his eye. I think it's his pupil, but I think that you're playing off that idea of maybe what you know that reflection type of deal mm-hmm. where it's playing off both ways. But I do think right, that it we plays see that off same, that there's that same background a couple pages later. When he doesn't remember the great power of great responsibility line. And also, uh, when he's doing the villain thing, that on that panel, he sees Carrion, who is the villain we're currently seeing in the flashback Ben Riley Spider-Man book, which I don't know if that's an intentional connection, but it, it made me go, oh, yeah, where do I know that name it from? It is oh, funny because when you said it. that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Karen. So, yeah, the whole deal where – and it might just be like you said, he's going with that remembering and all that stuff going on. But yeah, it's it's what it is. The big thing, like I said, he's like, great power comes with what? I don't know anything about that. I'm like, uh-oh. I I thought that was a little ham-fisted. I thought that was – I mean, we, we get it. He's forgetting things. But I, I think they could have been a little more subtle than the one line that everybody knows is the line he forgets. It's actually carved in the side of our court building here in Rhode Island because our, our former AG liked it so much. That, there you go. So you have all this going on. And again, we're training Peter to because, again, just like in that Black Cat, Mary Jane deal, they're afraid that he's going to go out. He's not going to be ready. We're going to see if you're ready. And we're going to make sure you don't go out until you are. That's when you get the suit back, all that. But even that is, I mean, you could say, and I'm looking at the page where Cap's about to punch him in the face. That's even ham-fisted a bit. Like this, this issue is not very subtle. It's basically, hey, everybody, Peter's going to be back. He's mm-hmm. just not ready. They're aware of this. They're working with him in this kind of weird rehab again. What is going on at that hospital? And then, you know, Ben is on Which the is, mend of Which is funny because this is written by 
I'm going to get it Jed right. McKay. Jed McKay. Yes, yes. Who also wrote the Black Cat Mary Jane book this week, which was very subtle and really understood the characters and got lots of emotion across, where this one is so much clunkier by comparison. Yeah, so it is crazy. Now, again, you end up where you think that there is a robbery. Again, it's just this dupe and you end it's up. It's a training montage, right? Well, not montage, a training uh you know, event. Yeah, and so Peter ends up getting socked by a black cat. Ends up that he's not really ready, but he's he gets but he's inspired. Cat. Yeah, he gets he's inspired though, right? Yeah, and so with all that, it's like, all right, well, you want to take a break or whatnot? No, again, and there you go. He's, he's right. That's trip. supposed to be our our big moment. Is that yeah, he's not ready yet, but we can see the spirit inside him. He keeps trying, and that's that's supposed to be our big emotional resolution, which. I, yeah, it kind of fell flat. And and seriously, in this, again, I see a bunch of great review people saying it's great. And every review, oh, man, it's great to see Peter doing things again, whatnot. I think it's too soon already. I want more of the Ben stuff. I'm more interested in that than Peter rehabbing with. You can have this as a montage quickly on the side, but it, it's too much in this issue to do nothing. You're really just showing these scenes as if, hey, we got to have some Spider-Man action because Ben isn't doing it right now because he's still recovering from the deal but it's not enough for me but then in the end is the one thing that pushes everything mary jane, mary jane is not going to take off that outfit she is not going to take <laughs> off her black cat outfit she she has now come home and she still has it on i guess you change at home but she still. likes the way her rear end looks in that she doesn't think that black cat is right There's dump no truck dump truck situation <laughs> dump truck they said so she got, I, I wonder if Felicia's like calling. It'd be funny, like over and over. You're going to bring me back that outfit. Come on. Don't stretch it all out of shape. Yeah. She comes back, and then you have Janine there with the drive that you ended up having Ben sneaking out that does have the information and everything that would have been Still looks like an iPod to me, but okay. It does. Also, I actually would have liked for, you know, some people to have, because they are a little different. And you end up like, oh, Janine, like something, something that whether or not, but she's there. Hey, MJ, we need to talk. And you can tell who it is. It just mm-hmm. ended up at first. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that is her. She does look a lot like Mary Jane. That makes sense. So you have that ending. So that's cool. She gets that too, Mary Jane. And we'll see what comes from that. So, yeah. So the, the best parts of this issue for me were just the little hints of things to come, right? We got little hints of the... The bad guy in the the red cylinder. We got little hint of Ben forgetting things and the the whatever that weird background in his eye was, and this little hint of okay, now Mary Jane's gonna gonna hook up with this beyond information. But the but the rest of the story was just kind of there. It's filler. It really was. And I I guess you can say in the little hint that get this, Peter's gonna be back as Spider Man eventually. He's just not ready yet. Okay. You know, it just, like Mm -hmm. I said, it's fun to see, but after, and we ended up, again, we did the Patreon, we already did that with Black Cat Mary Jane, I had a lot of fun. Probably my book, book. probably my book of the week, actually, and then, you know, a little spoiler, but when you get to this, it's like, okay, this isn't as fun, and it's just kind of the same thing, it doesn't really seem to get it, and it's trying to be a little too jokey visually when you're not really getting much of a story overall. So what would you give this? I'm at a, I call it a 6.3 out of 10. It's kind of a little disappointing. I think I'm a 6.8, which I, I agree, disappointing. And, you know, we'll move on from there. Hopefully things pick up after this. And maybe from now on, if Jeb McKay's on an issue, he'll get credit for it. But we'll get to the next book, which is one of the bigger ones, Avengers Forever number two. 
I say it's bigger. It, it ends up looking great, but not much to this issue. This is probably going to be very quick. It is The Lords of Earthly Vengeance Part 2, The All Rider, written by Jason Aaron and pencils by Aaron Cooter with Carlos Magno, inks by Scott Hanna, uh, Roberto Poggi, and Cam Smith, and colors by Guru FX. Earth 818 is also home to Tony Stark, the art drinking, and Jaded Ant-Man of his reality. Tony witnessed Ghost Rider and Deathlock battle the Black Skull's forces before they were captured. Inspired by his show, or this show of resistance, Tony returned to his underground band of surviving Avengers and vowed to free the heroes. Now, that paragraph tells us how the issue is going to end, kind of. Right, we know Tony exists, and which really kind of ruins the, the twist there at the end, I thought, because we know he must be coming, because here he is in the, the recap. And so we have this where you do have, you know, the Venom symbioted up Black Skull deal going with the torture of this Ghost Rider, uh, Robbie Reyes. And, you know, there's things going on where you have to do the illusion of if he rips off his leg, that takes a tire up the deal, he's connected to the Hell Charger, all these things going on. But it's just torture the whole time. And some of the things play out better. I like when he spits fire on him, like the classic spitting on the guy yelling at you Mm -hmm. or whatnot. But Mm -hmm. the dialogue's okay, but that's really all this is. It is the continuous torture. uh, Yeah, I call it his time for torture, Robbie. If, if you've been over the, the manga side of things. Exactly. And that made me giggle when you said it, because that's what it is. So it's like a character study of Robbie Reyes, which I don't mind because I don't know much about Robbie. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of happy to spend an issue seeing how he deals with adversity with some really great art. I think that this and Venom are the two best books art-wise Marvel has yeah, going right now. Yeah, this looks great. It looks fantastic. It really does. So <clears throat> I, I agree. I'm, the thing is, though, I don't know tons of Robbie either, and, and the weird play of this, it almost feels like at times what Jason Aaron does in his run of Avengers is he avoids a character. He doesn't do much with them. He has them at one point, okay, we're going, but then you kind of put them aside. This almost feels like a, hey, everybody, I do love Robbie Reyes, and I'm going to show you why he's the best, and he's the all-ghost, right? He's the, you know, the multiversal deal, and it yep. just felt like this was a little bit forced just because leading into this yeah he had some big things with ghost rider but on the avengers he kind of ended up you know being on the side we'd see him riding around at points and doing some stuff but i think that jason aaron here is like oh i gotta catch people up and i have to actually show them that i really do love it and why i like this ghost rider and what i figured out so that's what you get you just get this you're the best oh my god i'm gonna make you scream i'm not gonna scream oh my god why won't he scream at one point you end up having you know, Black Skull there, you know, yelling, hey, I want you to tell me your name. I need to know your name. Then he seemingly finds out, like, he's eavesdropping. But even so, you have him. Right. It's not really clear what no. he's after, right? Because so the Green Goblin guy thinks he's after information about the 616 universe. But over in the regular Avengers book, they're attacking the 616 and they don't seem to need any information. No, no. And I got the idea he needed to know who he was to get the all multiversal deal and in the way of oh, maybe. but it's not it doesn't play out that well though he seems you to have just want to torture him because he likes torturing people and robbie reyes is is extra tough so it's more fun to torture him yeah i think he's like you have a cooler skull than me and i don't like it that's the <laughs> way it goes but th- my play here again i think and it's not well played out but i think it makes sense he needs to know who this is because the other form of torture number one would be you know, if it's I'm Jim Werner, he's going to then go and figure all the other Ghost Riders, Jim Werner, he's going to he's got to eliminate them. 
And that's why you have Goblin in there where he collects the skulls. Mm-hmm. But when he goes to do that, he realizes there are no other. Robbie Reyes, there, no, no other Robbie Reyes is the Ghost Riders. All the other 616 Ghost Riders have their equivalents all across the multiverse, but this is the only Robbie Reyes who's ever done anything. That upsets him, but the way to get back is to show this Robbie Reyes, who is the all writer, no, 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 you're really not anything. And I'm going to show you by giving you all these pieces of crap Robbie Reyes. None of them ever became anything. That's really you. I get that as the overall idea. I think it isn't played out well because at one point he doesn't even know his name. He's begging him and then you end up, Robbie won't tell him anything. And you even play off like, I haven't seen a four-wheeled hell, you know, the hell charger deal. They're usually on their bicycles and I haven't had a guy with a shark. Yeah, which was surprising that there's no other cars. Seriously, if somebody's on a shark, there's going to be another car, right? If the standard is a motorcycle, then a car is pretty close exactly right it's like the next the next thing you think of and you get this play and it, it's kind of subtle but it's weird the the how they describe vehicles as if like they don't even like this motorbike and it, i liked it but it, it's the idea of going and no other person has a car that's just this is the multiverse please i mean and even then if, if there's a shark that throws everything out the window so there they, if you have a shark you can have anything why is a car? But they use right. that. As, you know what I mean? And I, again, uh, that uh, four wheels, that's like two motorcycles strapped together. That's crazy. Who would think of such a thing? The standard vehicle that 99% of people in the world drive to work every day? They go and it's supposed to show you. I mean, really, what this is. There's no other one like Robbie Reyes. Boom. That's what we get. And we gotcha. see that he's tough. The thing that mm-hmm. I didn't think played out well. The minute that, you know, you have Skull find out that it is Robbie Reyes, the big deal to Robbie is 100% always his brother. I think that the way to break him would have gotten the multiversal brothers here saying, yeah. these are all your brothers. Yeah. I'm going to make them all kill or themselves. Or his actual 616 brother. Yeah, or his brother I mean, itself. Why, yeah, why get all of them? Just get the one he cares about. I, I And it just goes in my mind. I mean, I'm a piece of crap. If I go and they're like, oh, look at all these multiversal gyms. They're going to kill themselves. I'm like, have at it. What, what do I care? <laughs> I don't the care. Council, the Council of Gyms. It would be more in my mind to, yeah, the Council of Gyms. I would be upset if everyone was doing better than me, which they have. <laughs> have to be. I mean, they have to be. I, I'm like, do you guys you have, you have a basement? I'm like, listen, we're on the Spotify. We get a million. Their chairs don't fall apart. No, they don't. I'm like, no. oh my god. Then I'm pissed. Yeah, lazy boys. And then I'm I'm killing them all. <laughs> and then you got <laughs> wacky stuff. I'm joining up with the bad guys then. But yeah, it ends up. I the think weird that, science forever. Oh my god, it's crazy. Uh, the idea of this, I think that a lot of these things going on, I think that conceptually, I think they sounded better than actually when they get on the page in an issue that is really, really quick. And you know, you have the deathlock in the prison where they go, and almost like the Han Solo after he gets tortured, and uh, but he gets thrown there, and there's the Chewbacca. What did they do to you? And you know, you got to keep going. I don't know why uh, Black Skull put them in the same cell. I, I think know. maybe splitting them up. Yeah, maybe. But again, the only way that I think that he seems to get the information and maybe the name is it, it does come up after, you know, I was tired and then Deathlock was telling me the stories. And he goes, listen, Robbie Reyes. And I think maybe they were listening. I don't know. It doesn't play. But with that, they are together. And then, like you said, almost ham-fisted again, the idea of these damn Cockroaches, the, the bugs, and then you end up at the hey, watch it down there. And the, the funniest thing at first, I actually just thought, 
Ooh, this universe has talking cockroaches. Oh, my goodness. And that's actually Tony Stark Ant-Man on an ant. Like, hey, I'm trying to save you, morons. Yeah, that's, yeah he's, he's on that uh, shape-shifting or size-shifting robot ant thing. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. But by the end of this issue, I just like, here, here we go again. I'm, I'm not really into this overall. And this makes everything kind of smaller, I guess, before it gets bigger, just to give you that Robbie Reyes, which you said served you. A little better than me. It looks great. The art is really terrific. I I, I really like the the bit where uh, well, we had his his foot cut off early on, and we see his artificial leg is a flaming chain, which just looks awesome. Yeah, really and then he's awesome. getting run through his eyes and stuff. But I even like like when you end up and and uh, Cooter does it a lot with the things breaking and stuff. I love when the Hell Charger breaks in and and breaks all the bricks and stuff like that to come and save them and stuff. And the colors are great, too. Hair Venom, he's completely black, but they can't just draw him as black, so they give him all these green highlights. And in some panels, he looks like Martian Manhunter. Yeah, he does. Actually, I'm looking at the one where he is there, and he's got the big hand, and you have Robbie is there, like, lifted up, and it looks just like Martian Manhunter. You're saying because... Most of the backgrounds when he's there are complete black, so you can't have that so or it you disappears. Gotta, you got to color in the highlights a little bit, but that's what it made me think of. It makes it like a glow, but it does end up green-tinged and does exactly look like Martian Manhunter. All right. Hey, it's the multiverse crossover. Why not? And and so you're you're getting, you know, that deal that you know he is vicious and he is torturing them, but by the end, I'm just like, let's get going. Let's go on. And so my score is... Is mostly art because I think this is more of an art showcase than than an actual you know thing that's pushing mm-hmm. the story fully forward. But what would you give it? Yeah, I I enjoy this pretty much as a, a character study. And again, the I would I would have loved to have the plot move forward more than that one tiny click on the last page. But it was fine. I the, and the art was again stellar. So I have this at a seven point five out of ten. I have it at a seven. So I'm I'm a little bit lower. I think the first one I've been lower than you all week so far, including yeah, our been, Patreon. Uh, I've been Mr. Positive Peter so far. Jimmy over here. But we are going to the versus lightning round, number one. And Uh-oh. as we did last week, that was the deal where me and Jason compete with blurbs on a issue, an issue that we end up wanting to get through a little quicker, but give you the synopsis of it with a score. But we have to do it within 45 seconds. First one's Captain America, Iron Man, number three, written by... Derek Landy with art by Angel Enzueta. And you're going to go first, Jason. I'm going to hit the deal and go. In a stunning reversal, we find out that 51 hasn't gone evil at all. He's trying to stop admitting the overseer. In a perhaps less stunning reversal, we find out that Veronica, e- Veronica Eden has been working with the overseer all along. She's come to the same heroes are bad and must be stopped conclusion that we've seen a million times from Civil War up through Devil's Reign. In a disturbing reversal... We learn that Veronica is not just working with the Overseer, she's fallen in love with the AI, who is now a hover carrier. In a final stunning reversal, we see the Overseer dump Veronica's ass. He was just using her to further his own evil plan of kill all humans. Together, Cap, Tony, and 51 defeat Myrmidon, but then we find out that the Overseer has an entire platoon of new Myrmidons, so I guess our heroes are screwed. 7.5 out of 10. The deal. Perfect time. Holy yes. moly, you did it. <laughs> you did it. I thought you were done again. I'm like, I'm waiting for the Got Patreon the address. Buzzer. Is he going to do that again? <laughs> you did it. That was pretty impressive. That was very impressive. That was oh, where wow. I okay. ended up. Wait a minute. I'm going. We are. It's official review. We're up. You, you got the shut off right before the yeah, buzzer it went. So it was, the it was there in. for a second after the buzzer, but that's okay. Yes, it left your hand. Here I go again with Captain America Iron Man. 
number three. Tony and Cap are off to Minnesota stop Veronica Eden and the Overseer. And while we thought 51 was bad to the bone, he is actually on the good guy's side. Who would have thunk it? Well, it's hinted that the Overseer might be more interested in TNA than AI. We, we find out it just wants to take over the world and has created an army to do so. This book has become a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. I know it's not great. But I still like seeing Tony and Cap work together, even is even if it is forced with the Civil War nonsense. But I like the group of the Paladins. I want a Paladin book right now. It's crazy. 7.5 out of 10. So I and I'm fumbling and stumbling here. You win. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I, I do like that you got the Paladins in because I could not figure out how to squeeze them in without going over time. And that is, a, that is a fun part of the book. That would sell like crap. Oh, it would be the worst. <laughs> but to me, it plays <laughs> off as a Marvel, like Doom Patrol almost with these wacky okay. characters and stuff like that. What you need to do, how about this? Spider-Man joins, but you, you need to be Spider-Man and the Paladins. But I, I think that they're fun. I, I actually got a kick out of their, their, you know, back and forth with them yelling about Absolutely. like you end up having, a, you know, them fighting. and But. They they seem to be good kids down. There. They they're not good at their job, but they they want to be. They yeah yeah, and they seem to mean well, even if so they don't. So they've, they've screwed things up twice now, and now they're they're on their way to either screw things up a third time or, or maybe third time's a charm. I think third time up. might be a charm, and it's nice to see that fifty one. Well, again, fifty one's just so you didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> Nobody did. Veronica didn't know, so he might have been like, "I'm going to betray you." Yeah, sure. I do hope we get to see the story from 51's point of view at some that point. That would be cool. We kind of see the timeline of what he learned, how he knew about this, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and with that, it is a guilty pleasure for me. I actually don't mind the book and think it's kind of fun. If you are thinking of getting it or whatnot, if you have the Marvel Unlimited app, just wait till it comes on the app and read it there. But I think that it's something that you can kind of zip through and whatnot and get a little kick out of And this is our second Alex Ross cover of the, uh, the week. And you said you're... You didn't like this one as much. No, I didn't like it as much. It seemed a little bit crowded, a little bit, you know, not as like wow factor. It just he does like the shiny. I was going to say it's Iron very, Man. very shiny, as what it is. But with that, we're going to go off, and I, I will concede to you. How uh, you, you definitely won that one, especially me fumbling. But I, I end up where I wrote my thing out, and I realize, ooh, I can't spell worth a crap. And then when I'm reading it, I'm like. What was Uh-oh. I saying there? <laughs> I had sentences that didn't make sense. Hopefully I rebound because we will have uh, versus round two in the next rematch. Section. But we're going to go off now to the next book. And the next book is Devil's Reign Part 3, continuing the big giant events of this week. Written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Marco Cuchetto, colors by Marcelo Menez, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Desperate line low, the Avengers are planning to run their own mayoral candidate to beat Fisk in the next election, Luke Cage. Meanwhile, Fisk tightens his stranglehold on the city. He's tasked Otto Octavius with building a device to channel the Purple Man's powers of persuasion, but Doc Ock has his own schemes and used the transdimensional gate to usher in some superior allies. And, yeah, I didn't expect to get much more of that, but we do. It comes in hard and heavy, and you jump in, and I realize that in this issue, maybe I should be reading all of the tie-ins because I was a little bit left behind, uh, slightly. I-, I could kind of catch up in my mind and things yeah, like that. Yeah, the Winter Soldier tie-in this week was kind of crazy and had a lot of events in it. And I think that that's something that I'm going to go and read, you know, as you know, the rest of the day goes. But for here, 
and then maybe suggest to other people do. I did not read it. You did. I did read it, yes. Did you enjoy it? It was all right. It was it's kind of I didn't really like the way it was told so much, but it had some 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 crazy stuff happened in it. So, for instance, it had it had Fisk is having trouble sleeping. So what he does is he uses the the purple man's finger in his cane and he hypnotizes himself to go to sleep. Which seems like a bad idea. It's it's like those those drugs people were taking to sleep and they go sleepwalking. And that's what happens. He ends up sleepwalking around his house. And it just so happens that on the day he does this, Winter Soldier is breaking in to try to steal his own file. Because Fisk has all these files, right? So Winter Soldier doesn't know his past, so he thinks maybe he can learn something about himself by getting his own file from Fisk. Okay. But sleepwalking Fisk, is Fisk. Right, sleepwalking Fisk. But sleepwalking Fisk thinks that he's fighting Daredevil, so he beats the snot out of Winter Soldier. And in the process, Fisk just destroys Greasy Mansion, the whole mayoral mansion. He just tears to pieces, sets on fire in his sleep. And then it goes off at the end that this is, uh, oh, let's see, who else? Uh, he also gets Darkhawk's file. He gets his own file. And then he fi- it kind of sets up the Captain America Lansing and Kelly. It, it was a Lansing and Kelly book, so it's kind of setting up Winter Soldier's role in those new upcoming Cap books. All right. There we have it. So a little bit, that's almost like a lightning round without the music. I should have hit it. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, with that, you end up starting out and you have Ben Riley. He is captured and he is being pretty much tortured. I mean, it's interrogation, but it's pretty much torture. He's got a collar on, his suit's all ripped up and all that. And they end up, you know, wanting to know how this goes on, what's going on, and the idea that this cop, you know, kind of dirty cop but hates heroes. The play that we're getting. Yeah, we got, we got bad cop and worse cop at the moment. Yeah, and so, you know, it, it's typical for this type of story, but you do end up Ben and Johnny, they come in to rescue him, and it's okay. It's nice enough. They come in and grab him, and it's funny where they're all guns drawn, and they just kind of walk out the front door because they are a thing, and Johnny, and Johnny even says, I can't control. Do you think that when this was written, Chip Zdarsky had any idea that this wasn't going to be Peter Parker? Because there's no mention of it Yeah, I don't know. It is weird, like you said, that maybe it was one of those, like, you're told to go a little bit, you know, on the generic so in case something was going on because yeah you would think that it would be a big deal with that but again even then nice nice die job pete yeah yeah and the the, the crazy thing about this is it's like well why don't we fingerprint him why don't we get this well you know we still have some bleeding hearts here for the deal i'm like all right yeah i mean we we know why that has to be in there but exactly it, but it always ends it up feeling story, silly but, right because yeah, exactly. you're like come on that that's not the case play something else up right. you know clone you can stuff eat the living crap i mean turn his face into hamburger he looks horrible oh my god he looks terrible i think the art here goes a little too far I mean, <laughs> that one eye is my god awful but they go and grab him and I do like where, that. Where are we going? The hospital? Because <laughs> he needs to go there. But like, no, 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 we can't do that. We're criminals. It gets everybody up to speed a bit with this. It does show that there are people who are real happy with the idea that the bad guys are now the heroes and they can take, but also that they're being influenced. It has all that kind of swirling around where you do then go to see Luke. He's giving his, you know, speech. Hey, everybody. Wilson Fisk is saying that the heroes are bad, but he's a criminal. He's doing this stuff. He's bad. We're going to show you that, and we're going to put him behind bars, and I'm going to win the election, and he won't be able to have that whole mayoral, you know, protection type deal. We're going to take him down. I'm going to mm-hmm. let. I'm going to go. I don't want to answer questions, so I got Foggy over here who is actually yeah, which, doing this. Again, is weird because this event is like his campaign kickoff to like regular people, 
and then it turns into a press conference on legal matters, which again they wanted they they wanted to do it in one page and one scene, and they had to do this because they had to set up what's going to happen to Foggy at the end. Exactly. So and with that one page, you have Luke say his thing. It's efficient. And then the wink, wink. We're just going to push to Foggy, so you know that he is part of the defense of the you know heroes to lead to what happens. Like, like you said, it, it's okay. The whole idea of this, but yeah, I mean, it really doesn't come off well. If you are thinking about the whole deal where Fisk, uh, not Fisk, Luke says his one little thing and then says, no questions, I'm I'm bailing here. Foggy will answer. And he says, I'll answer the legal question. Because they say you're actually a hero. You're kind of, you know, on the run or whatnot. How can you be a candidate? He'll figure it out and he'll tell them. Right. And then Foggy gives this, again, not very convincing answer. Oh, that because because Mr. Cage is running for office. They're not going to charge him. I don't. I don't think it works like that. I mean, and no, it doesn't. And it's funny too. Here's the play, and this is such a, an odd swerve here for a play in my mind. But if you are reading some manga, this ends up being pretty much what Mashal is going through. Where if Luke doesn't win, they're all screwed. He has to win so that they don't get it. So there is those stakes going on, and. Again, in the manga, Mash has to end up winning this big tournament or everybody's screwed with that. I'm saying two people know what I'm saying now. But even then, you have these you know, people watching. So you do get, okay, there are some people who are at least interested to see what's going on. Are we supposed to believe, in my mind, they're the strong-willed people? Or are they curious? But you do see the men in black that will come up like, yeah, they're not liking what's going on, and Foggy's there mm-hmm. talking this nonsense, so that'll oh, end up having problem. But yeah, even the mention of Kirsten, who with Foggy are going to defend the heroes, and you go into the second, you know, Mermidian reference so of the weird. week. It's so weird, uh, but there it is. But we've got Mermidian, the robot from the old Iron Man, and we've got this Mermidian prison which it turns out was invented in the Captain America run by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates by like 2006 or so. It almost plays up as if it's like Ants and Bugs Life deal, that it just happened to be in this one where you're going, holy crap. Uh, but yeah, there to talk to Sue. All right, hey, we're going to try to do our thing and whatnot, and we'll see what we can do. But they're really pressing on this idea that they're they're not really following the strict, strict rules of, you know, People can talk to their lawyers for this amount of time. The, the rules here are starting to skew so that these heroes are down and out, whatnot. But you end up having a paper clip slipped. And at first I thought it was a drive or something. I'm right. like, I guess yeah, that's a paper the, clip. So. On, the, on the preview, the low resolution art, it wasn't so clear what it was. But here it's definitely paper clip. So they're going to try to get out and whatnot with that because they're they're adding that fight that her and Reed got into. That's adding to the sense, the charges, things like that. So they're they're messing with them is what it is. And again, you just kind of swipe in, swipe out. We go then to Fisk where he's talking to the Purple Man. I actually like some of this where you do have Fisk able to talk to somebody. It's not just in, in narration of the mind. He figures Purple Man's trapped there anyway, and they kind of have some of the same perspective on things. So I might as well have a chat. What's he going to do? Yeah, and I actually didn't even think the play was going to be like the Purple Man being pissed off or anything. But then I'm like, yeah, he kind of, you know, mutilated him and then put him in a giant gem. So I guess he would be kind of upset, right? Yeah, put me in a bad mood. And so the the play here, and it's kind of cool, the idea of Purple Man, he's influencing people. Fisk is, you know, doing the Bill Belichick. He's cheating. He wants to win. But then the idea of 
what has gone down and what started this, the idea that Fisk knows that at some point he knew Daredevil's uh, identity and more and things have been wiped and all that. Mm -hmm. You end up Mm -hmm. having Purple Man in a cool place saying, I kind of recognize this because I had the same problem here. And you don't even think of it as the idea of, oh, yeah, that would make sense. Like he's like, yeah, I wonder what it would be, you know, somebody doing my own power against myself. Right. He can he can recognize it because it's his own thing, which is kind of neat. It has to be the kids. I mean, right there. I and mean, we know this kind of, but this is like right there. Now Fisk is like, huh, that makes sense, of course, and calls off to Doc Ock. Yep, round up the children. Uh, yeah, and, and Doc Ock looks like he's making like an extruder. I don't even know what he's doing. He's got a lot of flanges and stuff there, but, you know, doing he's his thing. Doing like a, doing a model kit. Yeah, and so he I ends up airplane hey, glue. You know, to me, my autos. And again, if you haven't read the tie-in with that, I think that people would be more confused. Like, I actually am glad that we read that one and did that one because I think I'd be real confused. These these autos are so much scarier and cooler in two pages in this book than in that whole other issue. So you don't have to read that tie-in. No, you just get the idea these are multiversal, you know, autos that have commandeered and there are these characters but you're right when you see wolverine you'd see from that perspective i wish it was a little bit more you know of a scope here but he's like oh i'm gonna kill people i'm gonna get like holy crap they're ready to go and you know auto and them are gonna be on you know the deal and go and attack but you have all this going down and then the next play you go to the heroes they're gathered mm-hmm. in the bunker and they're sitting around talking and it's one of those epiphanies. Then. And I, it's funny because... Well, this was kind of neat because at, at one point they're talking about what they're going to do and they're going to vote for. And then She-Hulk Jennifer starts saying, you know, Fisk has, he's making some decent points. Maybe maybe we do suck. And then <laughs> Jessica realizes... Oh my God, what are you doing? Well, in fact, I thought, well, that's dumb. She wouldn't say that. This is bad writing. Yeah, yeah. And then I turn the page and Jessica realizes that this is the Purple Man's influence, which she would recognize because of their history. Exactly, And that's the best play. And, and here's the crazy deal with it. We go in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, She-Hulk's involved. I wonder why she didn't get involved because of the, the solo book. I wonder why she's not part of the defense team. You know, just go as Jennifer then. Mm-hmm. But here she is, and I'm like, oh, man, but she's smart. She'll be able to figure things out. And then out of nowhere, you know what? <laughs> I think that Fisk, you know, he might be a bad guy, but I think he's got some good ideas. And you're like, oh my God, what is going on? And then, yeah, I, I, I imagine if you had no, the full I, play. I oppose his Bart killing policy. Yeah, but. I don't like that, but yeah, die, Bart, die. That's the Bart, the. You end up where you have Jessica there. And if this was visual and they were all there and it's a TV, you, you could just imagine the look that she has on her face looking at Jennifer and like, oh. God, not him again, because she mm. realizes that, uh, no, this is Purple Man. I realize, oh, my God, this is it. And, and of course, that is a very sensitive thing with her. And you end up like, you know, Luke says, are you OK? Or, you know, I feel that it's subtle. Yeah, you know, I'm used to it. But, yeah, I see what's going on. And then we see the idea of, like he's cheating, like really Fisk is cheating to do this. This is awful. We got to do this now. We got to stop him because we're not going to win an election. There's no way right. we got to speed this thing up. Yeah, there's no way we got to take him down. So it's like we're 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 gonna have to just remove him from office now forcefully and and hope that it goes well. I mean, there's the plan. It's Go the to Hail his Mary. office and physically remove him from. Yeah, the office, remove yes. him. Yes, and so it's with that, then, no, 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 not an impeachment. They are going to actually pick him up and try to remove him. And you have this deal where 
It's a weird play here where you have the purple kids, the children are going, and they realize, oh, my God, they're out looking for us. We're hiding. We have nowhere to go. And you see them. You kind of feel bad for them. But, you know, they're purple children, so whatever. And then it, I guess the weird play is this is this is Aunt May, right? I mean, it, it didn't even play off as looking like her at first. Mm-hmm. I thought, I think it's Aunt May. And that's why I'm asking you that I think that what she's saying then to come, that's what it looks like to me. I'd have to look. And if I'm completely wrong, but that's what it seems like. And she comes up, hey, kids, you can come back with me. And they're not controlling her, though. They say, you know, maybe we should control them. No, no, no. We don't need to do that. This woman's going to help us, whatnot. Uh, But we have to go and go somewhere. Maybe not. Maybe it's just a random. But the thing is, it's enough to look like her that I thought it was. But kind of not looking like her. So we'll have to see what people think or what we find out. But they they need to kill their father. They're going to kill the purple man because he's after them and all this stuff going on. And yeah, again, and I thought that the play here was interesting because these kids are used to just getting anybody to do what they want, kind of like the Hellions empath. His his whole the idea is his character is so screwed up because he never actually has to talk to anyone for real. He can just influence them and get whatever he wants. So these kids are used to doing that. So this nice old lady, who may or may not be Aunt May, <laughs> offers out of the kindness of her heart, the gemness of her heart, one might even say, that to to bring them in for the night and give them shelter and you know shelter from this crazy law, you know, so they're purple, whatever. And one of them wants to take over her mind and force them, but the other say, you know what? Maybe we just let a nice person be a nice person, and maybe that's better. Exactly. Which I thought that was a, a nice character moment for these characters. Good who have, again, mostly been plot devices, turning into characters. Speaking of which, I'm looking at a fandom Wikipedia that does uh-huh. not mention Aunt May. So I might have been completely <laughs> off. I actually thought she, and she does say her house, but I, I actually thought she was taken to the, the shelter. And I thought that that would be the Yeah, time, I scrolled but back to see if we saw, are they in Queens? Did it mention that? But it doesn't even say. It's the problem because, yeah, it wouldn't, it, I, for some reason, I just thought that that was the tie-in with the deal. But it, it must not be. But we'll see. But you end up where you get them going to Fisk's, Fisk's place and you end up where and they have to go because Fisk is now at his office because you said his mansion that's been ripped apart. So, right. so he's sleeping at work. He's sleep trashed. It. Yeah, see, so he's All sleeping himself. at work and they go to go there and then they're attacked by Doc Ock and the other autos. And there is a weird play again. That does play out well where Iron Man, mm, as you're yeah. getting attacked, he's like, whoa, whoa, I told you, I asked you, you know, you, I did what you asked. And you're like, what's going on here? That That's a crazy play. Uh, almost like a Pete Davidson in the Suicide Squad movie. The ghostwriter says things like, oh, you're a true sinner more than anyone knows. And we're like, what's, what's up with that? Yeah, exactly. So he ends up blasting him. And then in the fight, Cap goes over and we see that it's Chameleon. It, it wasn't it wasn't Tony. So they were being duped and led all along. But we don't know. We don't exactly know when the what swap was made. Exactly. Because we mentioned last time that Tony seemed really angry about Luke Cage stepping in to be the candidate. And it makes sense now, right? It makes sense. Now, but we don't know. Do we think it was real Tony who decided to run for mayor? And then the swap well, that's was the made thing. I don't I don't know because we did have. But it's chameleon. So, no, I think that the play was. That he was going to then run, and if they won, he was going to take over. He had this whole deal that Ox's plan was, you know, try to do this, manipulate, get Tony in office so he can change up things. Then mm-hmm. they switched it on. That's why he was so angry. No, 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 that's not the plan. And now it's Luke. That ruins it. So he's kind of end up here. I thought that that was pretty clever overall. And there's a lot of twists here, or twists. And 
you end up like, okay, like things didn't feel right. We said Tony felt off. Like, what a jerk. Like, look at him. He's all pissed. Mm-hmm. Makes sense now. We it ended does. up saying earlier, Jennifer, eh, I think that he's got some good ideas. He might be bad, but no, nope, because it made sense there. And so, and, and also makes sense that that probably wasn't Aunt May, right? So I'm an idiot. But you end up where, again, this is the machinations of auto being thrown in with this as well. But yeah, you end up where Fisk is the big deal where they're trying to get him, but this big fight's going down and you end up even having, you know, Daredevil flip out and Miles has to stop him. Like, stop. We got to regroup. We got to get this, you know, together. But then we end up going and seeing Foggy. And once again, these these multiversal ox are really impressive here. Not the dummies we see in the other book. When we saw that time, they were just like nothing. So we thought, ah, we're not going to see much of this. But this plays out way better. And even when you see, again, a Doc Ock who in the Cody Ziegler issues of the Beyond Spider-Man stuff is a complete and utter joke. You see this Doc Ock in the shadows. That is scary. And, and what I figured dude. Doc Ock should be, especially with a bunch of multiversal versions of him as other heroes and villains things. So you end up where, yeah, pretty bad. Pretty badass. And you go in Foggy. He ends up a long day. Going to go back to the office, gonna, you know, have his little coffee and stuff. And these guys mm-hmm. that were watching earlier with Luke, they're there and, and watching him as well. And they just, I mean, this isn't even like it's like, hey, we're going to hurt you and we don't see anything. They're, they're brutal. Yeah, we don't know how bad it goes. It, it ends with him blacked out or yeah, you know, yeah, red, yeah. Red and, and blood everywhere. So uh, that's crazy. I mean, even just that face plan, it looks like after he gets hit is vicious. And uh, yeah, and we don't know. Did the same thing happen to McDuffie? Or is it only Foggy? It, we don't know. Again, too, like all these things swirling around of you. Where, where's Tony? What's Tony doing right now? Because of the idea that he was being impersonated by the chameleon. Right. And they have one of his suits. So it's not that they're just impersonating him. They must have at least gotten into his stuff. Exactly. So it's not like he's just hanging out somewhere. Like, you know, he's in his office and doing like they had to have gone and done some stuff and grabbed some stuff of his and things. So that I, I thought that this issue is very quick. Uh, some of the things might be a little bit like forced. I'm telling you, I like the idea that Jessica is like, oh, my God, I see that was like one panel to the next, and it, it seemed quick, but it was still clever. With yeah, the I thought that was good. Stuff. Yeah. I, I'm glad we didn't drag it out too much. Yeah, it works, and you get with this, and I never expected in this issue to have the multiversal autos fighting you know, our heroes. So that no, was actually same. a pleasant surprise, and seeing them being badass sets up the stakes more than that tie-in. Did the chameleon twist? There's a lot of stuff going on here, and the art's pretty good. So I'm pretty good on this. Uh, what would you give it? Oh. You know, Jim, I really don't want to like this book. <laughs> I don't I don't want this event to happen. I think the event is not necessary. I think it, it takes what was a nice grounded uh, story and drags in all this other crap. And I just don't want to like it. But Zdarsky is just too good at this. Yeah, he, he is. He, and all these plot lines weaving together in a way that is satisfying and makes sense. And the characters work. And I got to give this stupid book an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I don't it like 8. it. Yeah, 8.5 too. And the only thing that makes me, and I'm, I'm with you, I actually thought, oh, man, this is such a weird way to end this deal. I love the Daredevil book going on, but just yesterday they announced there'll be a oh, new news, right. Daredevil series. So I can even say, okay, this is just the end of this chapter. We'll get to that next one. So that actually makes me a little better. If this was the end and we're like, oh, this is how all of it ends and we'll never get a Chip Zdarsky Daredevil stuff because 
you know, you're not getting tons of Daredevil even in this. So I, I'm good with it. And again, you still have Fisk, no heroes. This that's been overplayed everywhere. But I kind of do but like it because it's Shipsarsky. Yeah, and a twist and turns. Yeah, he takes the cliche overused ideas and, and gives them more life. And and with that, I will tell you, too, reading it a couple times, you start to see a little more of the connections and things like that. So uh, I give him kudos for that. So 8.5. But we're going to go to our second round, the uh, versus a uh, lightning round number two. And this one is Thor number 21. And I'm going to read this little synopsis because I actually prepared this time. Uh, it is written by Donnie Cates, art by Nick Klein, colors by Matt Wilson, letters and design by VCs Joe Sabino, just to set everybody up. Instead of getting Molnir and all this, they find death uh, in Nidavillier, Joitenheim, and all the other realms brought about by none other than... Joitenheim! And they're personified Molnir herself. Who now confronts Thor in the ruins of the Midgard town of Broxton. So here we go. It is, like I said, part three of five of God of Hammers. And away you go, Jason. Thor number 20 is a bit of backstory than one long-ass fight scene and then a reveal at the end. The backstory is, hey, you know how heroes keep throwing bad stuff into the sun? Villain into the sun. Nuclear missile into the sun. Hard drive with pictures you don't want your wife to find? Straight into the sun. Well, that crap starts adding up. And it's going to come back to haunt us. The fight scene is Thor getting the snot knocked out of him by his own hammer. Embarrassing. The hammer finds Thor's recent schedule of speeches and such pretty damn boring and is looking for action. Lady Sif beams the hammer away, which buys Odin and Thor exactly one page of dialogue about how the hammer has always been alive. Then the hammer comes back and does to Odin what Bane did to Batman. Our final reveal is that when Jane Foster chained Mangot to the hammer, hurled them both into the sun, they came back merged together. <laughs> 7 out of 10. No dog. Oh, 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 I, <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, I actually screwed you up. I think I hit the dig sound by accident. To say that I like what you said there and then realize, oh, my God, that's the 10 second warning. So I kind of messed with you like a bit. It's the Milgog. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you have all that. And I do like your deal. And you did get that out at the end. Here goes mine. Donny Cates continues with God Hammer's story. And while I was liking it enough, this issue kind of plays off the beats of the Donald Blake story as well. The God Tempest has been left broken and battered in Molnir too long. And is striking back, but she's brought a friend with her, and maybe more. That's right, when the hammer was reforged, and the Solomon Gog jumped in as well, and that does have me interested going forward, though it seems a little bit cliche and more of a Donny Cates thing than a Thor bit. Boom, 7.5 out of 10. There you go. I, I went very short and sweet with mine. We'll keep playing it out. I like the horn as it goes down. Oh my goodness gracious, yes Oh my god, what podcasting it is Yeah, so with that I think that this is one of those issues Again, where if you love Donny Cates And his little way of tying things in It's kind of a neat idea And like you said, the idea that you get everything That was ever thrown in the sun Is kind of a, a, you know, (laughs) kind of fun But, I don't know This this issue was a little bit It's always quick It's one of the quickest reads, but with that it just, again, it just feels so much more of a Donny Cates deal than necessarily a Thor thing, but all his books do. He has that kind of formula in the way he does things. So still like it, but 7.5, you were, what, a 7.3? I yep. think that you won the, the lightning rounds, even with oh, that goodness. faux pas there. It's almost like we're, we're doing the wall running long jump, but you ended up 
know, you put your foot on the line, but they're going to let it go. They're going to let it go because I thought yours were a little bit better. It's wind-aided. Right. Yes, yes. We're going to end the podcast with uh, an event, kind of, right? I, I say sure, event. Absolutely. It is an event. It's an, it's an event. event. But when I say the things, sometimes when you get it and nobody's talking about it, it just doesn't feel like an event. And I think that the idea of this, and it's weird. We've got a bit of event fatigue going on in all the world. That is true. And and so. If everything's an event, then nothing's an event. Then nothing is. So with that, weeks, a month ago, they they revealed the ending to this. They spoil everything for years. So it's it's just what the the status quo now is. They they spoil it. Because a lot of people with that reveal were probably like, "Mm, glad I'm not reading it. If you're reading it, you're kind of like, well, I guess it'll make sense, whatever. I'm not a, I don't get mad at spoilers myself. Uh, by the way, Darth Vader, Luke's father. I just wanted to tell you oh. that. But oh my goodness. Uh, so with all of this, it does make the ending just fall flat. But I'm trying in my mind to not let that happen because I still like this. I, I actually did like this. Death yeah, of and, Doctor and Jed McKay in his third book of the week, he tries to do a twist and then a twist to make you think, oh, maybe it's not going to. But then it is. <laughs> because so, you, you already know, know. <laughs> he know. He knows he's going to get spoiled. So maybe he tries to work with that. Yeah, I, I guess. Know. But I, I thought it was funny because I already know. So I'm like, don't play your games. But the games were still fun. I still yeah. liked it because with that, and before I read the, the recap and stuff like this, the big play coming in is, you know, getting Doctor Strange back or just solving his murder. But there was that deal, and it didn't play off as well. I think it wasn't as stressed as enough. When this is over, that young version, you know, the Memorex version of him, it is going to go away. It ends up, you know, I only have a certain amount of time. That time I thought was very, very limited, and then it kind of expanded. But with that, yeah, we're well, not going to continue. They said right up front that it was, what, a week? I think they yeah, called it a I, week. I swear at one point I thought it was like a weekend. But even so, I thought the play was, and I think we talked about it, the idea that maybe this version will get the spirit uh, you know, of, of the real Doctor Strange and whatever to continue. that that Because no? I like the young one and I like the sound. I, I thought that was fun, but that's not the case. So there's a big part of the twist. But with that, you end up having a pretty good you know, contained event here that I think most people could read and enjoy. Just I don't hear anybody talking about it. But with that, we'll go. As just a five-issue series on its own, I think it's a nice story. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's Jed McKay writing art by Lee Garbett, colors by Antonio Fabella, letters by VCs Corpati. Dr. Strange is dead and with him gone, so too is Earth's magic barrier that warded off other dimensional threats. The planet is being occupied by kingdoms from across all of reality. But they aren't invading, they're fleeing. That includes Clea, Sorcerer of the Dark Dimension, and Strange's strange wife. She has been chased back to Earth by the three mothers, mysterious apex predators, hunting magical beings. But even with mind, mind of the Avengers, Wong, Dr. Voodoo, and a time-displaced Dr. Strange weren't enough to defeat them. And since then, the mothers have hunted down the magical warlords one by one and now stand upon the doors of New Amuria, ready to feed their child the remainder of magical beings. So if Dr. Strange has solved his murder and caught Calcilius. Uh, I always have problems with that name when I see it. I want to say like Calculus. Well, I don't think we'll be talking about him a lot in the future issues, so don't worry about it. Somebody better give that guy a hand. It was the sorcerer's oh. stolen hands as proof. They gave him hands. Oh my god, they're not gonna left. Now Stephen must act fast to save the world before his borrowed time runs out. And so you end up very quick moving issue, uh, maybe at points a little too quick, especially with the mothers and the kid, because we said 
that's just an aside thing to have this that, that whole section and we'll, we'll get to it but that, that whole section was really not the point of this event the point of this event was dr strange getting murdered and solving his own murder yes so kelsey he ends up with the hands of dr strange magically surgically put on him and there is a twist that i thought was pretty clever in this as you know they go and you have words being done and you have you can't attack him. You end up, and I, I thought that the play right away was Calcius, and I, I always say it wrong. I'm telling you, forgive me, but he ends up. I don't, I don't yeah, know how to yeah. say it right. Casilius ends up. I go Casilius, sure. Yeah, Casilius. He ends up where he has gotten the idea. Listen, I can't be attacked. I you you can't use your magic against your own magic attack deal. And I knew right away that it's going to be some sort of fine print twist, which it is. Mm-hmm. But I do like where. You have all these things, and you see the reactions of everybody. They're all getting mad and whatnot. But, yeah, they're just kind of yelling at each other. But you see Wong is using the power of magical Marvel. You know, right? It's really cool, the idea that he's there. And, you know, the fight then just becomes between the young Right, Dr. so Wong's deal is that he's not going to let any of these people teleport out. You know, the other interventional guys are like, you know, good luck, peace out, we're getting out of here. And they can't because Wong and all the other magicians are put up some kind of barrier that says no can do. So that that's pretty cool, the idea that yeah. he set that up. And it does lead them to be able to watch there as Cassilius and Dr. Strange go at Dr. it. Is that Dr. Doom in the background as one of the magicians helping out? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's there. That, that's surprised that he, he'd play so nicely with others. But I, okay. I guess it, Doom ends up being that deal, even in, you know, that dark ages where, you know, at the end of things, if the world gets destroyed, I guess he's like, I can't be pompous ass with the world destroyed. So that's cool, though. That is cool. Uh, so you go with this, and with that, you do have the deal. You, you can't, and it keeps being said, you can't attack him. You know, I, I have wards, I have these. You can't attack your own deal. Right, he's warded against all combat spells and against all weapons. So he seems like he's, you know, okay. And what I do like, too, when you end up having the Wong thing come up, where you have the young Dr. Strange then said, listen, I'm able to do all this and yelling to everybody, really, but says, you know, the reason I'm able to get all these, like, and including, that's the cool thing, Dr. Doom even, is because, you know, my older self is so loved. I mean, has a lot of friends, a lot of people that will help out. That's cool. That's what's going to win. The power of love, at least there. But he ends up using that twist where, no, I'm not going to attack you. I'm going to heal you. And again, with all this, you keep thinking of, well, how are we going to get Dr. Strange back? He had his hands cut off. He's dead. All these things. I Again, I thought the young version somehow would be able to do something where you continue and have that reset of that. It's not that. So what he does is. It's the hands. Yeah, the hands being part of Cassilia. He's going to heal them. And healing that means not the hands come off and run away. Like, like Adam's family. Straight. Yeah, right. exactly. It's that the rest of the body then heals into Doctor Strange. Steven, that's crazy. The idea is that it's it's not a combat spell. It's a healing spell, so it gets around the wards. But it uses – so we know the soul is still in the hands. They set that up that the soul has not got onto the afterworld. The soul is attached to the hands, which is why the powers also go along with Cassilius. So they're healing, but they're using Cassilius as like the raw materials to heal from. And what they do is they, they heal like from the, the wrist down and turn him into Doctor Strange. And it's like with that, the, you know, the cancer or the, the illness is Cassilius and it's going to heal it with the, it's, it's wonky. I mean, but I Which like is it. Horrific. I thought it was, oh yeah. I thought 
I, I really thought, like, what did they talk? They're going to heal the hands? I'm like, well, what does that do? I thought they were just going to fall off. And it, but no, it, it's actually a pretty cool idea in my mind of that. Yeah. As as a twist, I mean, I'm sure we could poke logical holes in it, but as far as a twist for a comic book, I'm perfectly okay with yep. it. Yep, and so it is that deal. You're going to, you know, hey, before you go, I just want to yell out, you're going to end up turning into the guy you murdered, so hey, take that. And then you do have Stephen back. He's like, yeah, a what? Very confused. I, I believe the word you're looking for is sounds. And I was <laughs> like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then with that, though, we have some loose ends to tie up then, uh, mainly being the mothers and the baby. We just have like, oh, yeah, and by the way, we fought the mother and the baby. And I, I like that they did that. We don't need a no whole issue of this battle. We see that the Avengers come in, the X-Men come in. Everybody's fighting these bad mothers. And uh, the way they kind of defeat them finally is that now we have all these Sorcerers Supreme together in one place. We got the real Doctor Strange. We've got Tyboro, who's got a bridge named after him, and he's also a Sorcerer Supreme. We've got Agamon. We've got Magic, Ilyana Rasputin. And we've also got Clea, who is the Sorcerer Supreme of the Dark Dimension. So the five of them make this big old magic pentagram, and they're able to attack the, the mothers. Well, they end up pretty much like, okay, what's going to happen then is we're just going to end up you know, sending the mothers away, you're going to be able to do that, but the baby has to be taken care of, and that's how we get the young Doctor Strange, who ends up being an apparition, who goes over and pretty much... He goes into his astral form. Yeah, his right. astral form, and it pretty much does the classic, in a, in a funny way, the classic of jumping in the monster and then blowing yourself up inside or come out, where it's the magic, and there's going to be a... I mean, it's pretty much a, a giant magic atom bomb, but they have to get him out, too. We got to send the baby away with this going on inside. Don't send him into the sun, though. No, no, don't. Uh, but yeah, I thought that's leave him out of the again, sun. Again, I thought that it might have been a little too quick. But like you said, I wasn't that interested in them anyway. Yeah, but it's it's a weird fine. play of having the, the this proposed big bad. But yeah, obviously we realized already that that wasn't really the case. So I like that they end up tying up the loose ends. The baby goes awful, baby. I'm telling you, the Cthulhu baby goes up, and in the dimension ends up blowing up. With all the magic as it gets, you know, boom tubed away, it actually looks like at that point. But it's a cool deal. And then everybody's picking up the pieces. Everybody's showing, man, what the hell is us? And going. And you do have a little moment with Clea and Doctor Strange, who, you know, hey, baby, you what's up? Namor was there, I guess. I didn't recognize him earlier on. Yep, he's there. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think that when you ended up having the attack on the mothers and the baby, and you had X Men, all the Avengers, all those coming in. It really does show there was that was a threat, but yeah, we'll we'll deal with it. But also, I think also the love of Doctor Strange and stuff like that. But he's there; he knows that his time is not really that long. I I actually I thought that it was weird that you ended up doing that, but we already knew the ending because he's like, "Hey, Cleo, what's up? You know, it's great to see you. I wish I was a fool this whole time. And, you know, I still love you. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm gonna fade out here, and I need you to do something for me." Because then he just kind of mystically, because there's a cost for magic. And he ends up saying the cost of bringing himself back. And, you know, you end up where even during the issue, like, well, that's kind of good, but that's not really too much of a, the cost deal. And you do see that it's him that he has to go. And he does kind of fade away uh, as he's kissing Clea and saying, you got to do something for me and leaves her the eye and the robe. And so that's pretty big. I like the ending. It was spoiled. 
it was a nice little scene before Doctor Strange. Now, with that... Yeah, it was touching. He's like, and then I'm gone, and we so know... So, is Clea going to still be the Sorcerer Supreme of the Dark Dimension as well? Is she, like, double-dipping here? She gets two pensions? I, maybe. I don't know what it's like when you have that idea, like, you, you have to, like, okay, I'm gonna have to abdicate, I gotta go here, but... Yeah, maybe we'll get a new thing to fill in for her there. But really, the big thing is the full-out Sorcerer Supreme. And again, though, because Steven's the Sorcerer Supreme and Sorcerer Supreme of Earth, I guess that's that. But yeah, maybe she's double-dipping. That's her side hustle. Yeah, and and we see that uh, this new Strange uh, series, I don't know if it's going to be marketed as a limited series or an ongoing whatever, but that starts right up early March. This girl, that's also going to be Jeb McKay. Yep, Jeb McKay, and it says a new Sorcerer Supreme rises and looks pretty badass there. Looks a little vampirish, but she kind of, you know, plays that role. And uh, yeah, it's okay. I mean, the ending didn't upset me. I don't think it was the greatest thing I ever read this whole, but I liked it. I liked it overall. My score for this issue is kind of what I feel overall. I'll just tell you it's an eight, and I think that it was. Well played. I thought it was good. There was a mystery going on. We did have it, the mystery at the end when we see that it's, uh, you know, Cassilius. It did make sense. And it was, oh my God, that's why the hand, like, it, it was cool. But again, I don't hear anybody talking about it. I think the art's good, but what would you give it? Yeah, I'm just a, a click higher. I'm at 8.3 out of 10. I thought it was a, a satisfying, clever way of ending this thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that it was pretty good. And like you said, it was clever the way that. Twist and turn and get that, and then the baby, baby got that baby's horrific. I hope we never see that baby again. He's blown up, so I guess we won't. I'm pretty sure he's gone. Yeah. What's your book of the week? My book of the week is Mary Jane and Black Cat Number One. That is mine as well. What is your gem of the week? My gem of the week may or may not be, probably is an Aunt May, that old lady who took <laughs> in those freaky purple kids. Yeah, I don't think it's that. Over in Devil's Reign. That is true. I'm actually going to go full out. Especially because I'll reveal something else with this. I'm going to go Mary Jane again. I'm heavy on the Mary Jane Black Cat. It's I've not, heard that about you. It, yes, really. And it's not necessarily you know, a way for me to advertise. So you can go and listen to us talk about it on the Patreon.com slash Weird Science. But you end up where the original solicit for that issue, even not even Jed McKay doing it, seemed to have like a nasty bit going where Mary Jane hates the Black Cat and she's going to have to save her. Something ended up changing, and it, Mary Jane was a gem. I mean, she really, like, she understood Felicia, mm-hmm, yeah. why Felicia is important to Peter, why Peter is important to her, and ends up really kind of coming off really great there. So I'm going to go for her. Or maybe, Good for her. or maybe uh, uh-huh. the not lady who may or may not be at my. <laughs> I just wanted to say it again. What is your cover of the week? My cover of the week is Death of Doctor Strange number five. It's a Kari Andrews cover. It's got a close up of half of Doctor Strange's face doing magic magic stuff, and he's got a skull reflected in his eye. I think it's pretty cool and matches the theme of the book. With that, I'm going to make a swerve, and I agree with you. I'm going to go with the same cover, just so I don't Alex Ross it up, because I was <laughs> going to go Black Panther. But yeah, so I thought that that was pretty cool. But again, Please go over to our Twitter, check us out at WS Marvel Comics, follow us, we'll follow you back, and you can end up, you know, telling us what you think of the show, if you like it, don't like it, suggestions, things like that. Also, I will point out, we haven't had a lot of mail lately, and we will take mail. I don't normally push the mail deal, but it'd be fun to start doing mail, especially with you joining me. So it is Weird Science Marvel Comics at Gmail. Dot com Pretty easy to go, and all these will be in 
the whole deal with the uh, show notes. And then also go over to the website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and also our Instagram, which is a combined one with the DC, but it's Weird Science Comic. It's singular. It drives me nuts, unfortunately, but I ran out of freaking letters or, you know, deals. So go over there, check that out, and then also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science and you get a bunch of things uh especially our spotlight show this week as we keep saying we didn't really mention much of black panther number three but we did that as well of the mary jane black cat book so with all of that thanks everybody for listening thanks for joining me as you always do jason thank you Jim. and we will talk to you all next week you are all weirdos Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.